Check, check. Mic check. One, two, one, two. This just in. The Lakers win the NBA title. Holy shit. Say something. Uh, do you want to talk about their 17th or their 12th NBA championship? Well, I mean, we, will, we will get into that. There's a lot of discussion about that going around right my, about now. I've been messaging proud Laker fans being like, keep on saying Lakers and not L.A. Lakers. I see what you're doing. Uh-huh. 17 NBA championships. It's nothing to sneeze at. It's a really hard task to get done. Just real quick, the Los Angeles Lakers win the NBA title. Rondo becomes the first player to win a title with the Boston Celtics and the Los Angeles Lakers. Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov are fired in Atlanta. On the day Alex Smith returns to football, we lose another quarterback to a tragic, tragic injury. Seattle's late-night comeback, the Raiders' big win, a huge West Coast upset. Yeah, that's right, the Dolphins won, baby. And COVID wreaking havoc in the NFL, like I guess we kind of predicted, maybe not. Uh, this and so much more on this week's episode of This Just In. And welcome to the first episode of This Just In. I am Justin. Figure that. I'm um, joined as always, maybe not always, but by Anthony. Anthony, what's going on? Uh, hello. How are you today? I mean, you brought in that intro and talked about a devastating injury, and immediately it put me on a sour note for the Toddcast, so I am very disappointed in you right now. This guy is a Cowboys fan. We will get into that. Die hard. One of the most devastating things that's probably happened this season so far. It probably. I think happen. I almost cried. I'm going to be honest with you. It was, it it was, was a, sad a moment. very sad moment, not only for the future of my franchise and that poor man whose foot was literally going in the opposite direction of his body, but also for my fantasy team, which is now a crushing one and four in the process. You know, just because you brought it up, I was going to talk about it later, but it's kind of it's kind of uh, weird how many of these gruesome injuries we've seen over the last couple of years. I mean, obviously Gordon Haywood. Uh, we had again the aforementioned Alex Smith last year, and now and now this. It's been uh, it's been a brutal trend, and I know the no preseason and not uh, the short in training camp really really kind of factors into it. But it's been it's been tough to see some of these guys uh, actually watch this stuff on TV. It's feet going different ways that people are facing and uh yeah you know i don't i don't think it's an issue of no preseason games i think this is the type of sport where these things are going to happen i does seem that they're happening a lot more frequently this year and it's quite mind-blowing but i mean what are you gonna do are you think a preseason game is gonna change the way a man lands on another man's body part i guess i mean football is football right um, I did start at the top. I wanted to mention the Los Angeles Lakers before we get too much into football. The Los Angeles Lakers, I guess they overcame the odds. Is that the way to say it? I mean, there wasn't really odds stacked against them, but they won the NBA title, the bubble title. Uh, congrats to LeBron, to the King, I guess, and, and Anthony Davis. But I guess I think we all kind of expect this to happen, right? I mean, we expected it to happen. So can we really say that this was a shock at the end of the day? No matter who they played, this was supposed to happen. This was what Anthony Davis was brought to L.A. for. This is why LeBron is there. I don't understand why people think this is crazy. This I, is what was supposed to happen. I think people have talked themselves into the whole story of Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson. And, I mean, Miami was a great story this year. I mean, Bam Adebayo, Jimmy Butler – Goran Dragic, those guys were playing their asses off, and it was great to see them kind of come. I, I didn't pick the Heat to go to the finals before the playoffs started. That's for damn sure. So I think it was kind of just people got got used to the to the, I guess the underdog mentality. You know, people threw for the underdog, but yeah, it was it was pretty decisive. The Heat had one good showing. What was that? Game five, game four, where they really came on, and it was bucket for bucket basically. Well, they Jimmy won Butler game three too. You know, they did try and make it a series, but I mean, everybody loves the underdog story. But at the end of the day, I 
guess you got to just look at it and be like, reality is reality, and the best players usually went out in this circumstance. Jimmy Butler can go down there. He can tell you it's a business trip, and that's all well and good. But at the end of the day, when it comes down to making a play, he's passing the ball to Tyler Hero, who's 21, and Duncan Robinson didn't make a game-winning shot, while LeBron's sitting over there with Anthony Davis just punishing people inside. Plus, it doesn't help yeah. that Bam Adebayo was hurt throughout this process for Dragon the finals. Team. But, yeah. hey, what are you going to do? Injuries happen. And once they shoved Gordon Hayward out there in a final-ditch effort to try and take this to seven, you knew it wasn't going to go Hayward. that way. Oh, did I say Gordon Hayward? <laughs> wow. I meant Goran hey, Dragic, hello. the dragon people. Yeah. he. It's sad that he got hurt, too, because he was such a big factor in the first two uh, first two big uh, rounds of the playoffs to win, and all of a sudden having him out for the, for the finals, it, it killed that team and crushed them. And, and they, they didn't have their fair team, but the truth is this is the NBA playoffs. This is the finals. This happens every year. People get hurt. People go down, and uh, I don't know. I, I, I like this Heat team. I'm not going to lie. I told you before personally. I became a Bam Adebayo fan the day he he blocked that Jason Tatum dunk at the rim. I mean, well, that was just if you like basketball, and wrong, and you like that. that you need to go to your doctor something that should have been done to another grown man in an athletic <laughs> competition. Disrespect. But at the end of the day, I mean, if you want to talk about injuries, I mean, the Golden State Warriors would have to have a lively conversation with you about last year's NBA championship at the same time. Uh, this is a very, and that's why I said, like, I mean, that's kind of just the nature of the playoffs and the finals. Uh, but kudos to the Heat. I mean, like I said, I didn't see this coming. Jimmy Butler played his ass off. He did his, unfortunately, he did his best LeBron James impersonation. Bam Adebayo is out there doing an Anthony Davis impersonation, and they ran into the real fucking deal out there. I and mean, I guess that's a fair way to put it. But, I mean, you know, these playoffs, being in a bubble, no real home court advantage, you're not going to get the role players who make the impact on the home courts that they usually do. You got guys just shooting out there like it's practice in an empty gym with the only people cheering them on is their teammates and the coaching staff and the occasional mock Jackson you can probably hear screaming from the <laughs> announce booth. But other than that, I mean, that's all it was. So, you know, kudos to the Lakers. I'm not going to say they didn't earn it or they didn't win it by any shade of the imagination, but, you know, it's a different title in a different year. Now, I did mention, too, I want to talk about Rondo real quick. I saw Rondo on first take today with Stephen A. and Max Kellerman. And uh, to me, we were talking about this a little before we, I think, before I hit record. Rondo is the first Boston Celtic and Los Angeles Laker to win a title with uh, with both those franchises. They keep on saying. Great Celtic. Great Celtic. I mean, I love Rondo. And for a while, if you told me that he was going to try to go win a title with the Lakers, I would have held a grudge against him. But, I mean, honestly, you can't blame the guy. He went to go play with the best player in the game. They won a title. They accomplished their goals. I think him playing with Anthony Davis down in New Orleans really helped the chemistry they already had together. But the thing I wanted to mention was they, they had him on, and they were talking about his playoff Rondo a thing. And Max Kellerman actually broke him. I mean, I don't know about you. I think Rondo is – I think he's a, a unique player, and – He's one of those guys, he hates the, the, the moniker playoff Rondo. Like, he doesn't he like it. If he hates the moniker of playoff Rondo, then he shouldn't show out on national television every time and then look like a doo-doo when it comes down to just the game on Comcast Sports Boston or whatever it was that we watched him at the time. This is also the same guy who flamed out in Dallas under Carlisle. Rick Carlisle, one of the best coaches in the NBA. Then he goes over to Sacramento, quick stops over in Chicago and New Orleans. And even in Chicago, we did a better job of siding with the younger talent and winning some playoff games there. Not enough for a tomato, but let's stop kidding ourselves. This guy knows exactly what he's doing <laughs> every time. He shows out on the national stage. I'm not taking anything away from him at all. Great player. You can see it in the decision making. You can see it in 
every aspect of how the man plays basketball. He's a floor general out there. But let's not kid ourselves. This guy knows when and where to turn this thing on and off. Yeah, and, and basically his, his criticism of it all was it implies that he turns it on and off and that he doesn't always come with full maximum effort. He feels he's the same consistent player in every game. But Max Kellerman came back with him. He was just like, look, man. And he, and he kind of spun it a different way. He said the same thing, but he spun it a different way. And I think it kind of turned him during the interview. What he said to him was, I think you have a way of elevating your game when it counts the most. So not to say like, oh, like you, you're only good now. He just and he had this stats no, on no, the screen. No, 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 we're the, not. The guy, not. the guy scores three more points, has three more assists, and, and a, and a uh, rebound and a half more. You know what I mean? We're not, we're not taking anything away from him and saying he's a crap player when the spotlight's not on. What I'm saying is, is this guy knows when he's being watched by millions and knows by his being right. watched by the regional Boston. He knows it. And the only reason we're discussing this is because we all see it. We've all planned it. We don't just come up with a playoff Rondo moniker without actually watching the games. They did have a good point, though. They, uh, Kellerman pointed out that Rondo's a student of the game. He's a guy who, who loves basketball, and he's really kind of like a basketball head kind of person. It benefits him during the playoffs, during the final season, to have the days off in between, to be able to watch tape, to watch film, and do the extra research. So, of course, someone who's a student of the game and can understand that kind of thing, he should be better. He should be more prepared. Even Rondo came back and said, it's like taking a test. If you give me two days to take a test, I'm going to kill it. But if you make me take it that day, I'm going to do so well. And it kind of makes sense when you put it that way, no? But I think what you're doing is I think we're slightly letting Rondo off the hook here. we got to give him some culpability in the way that he plays when the lights aren't Those down on versus, games. versus the way he plays when the lights are on. And let's not take – I'm not going to take anything away from him. Guy's a two-time champion, but come on. If he was as good as we all are saying he is without having to turn it off and on, he wouldn't have been on his, what, fifth team by now? This is his fifth team. And honestly, uh, so really got to me that him and Steven's going to get along. But, hey, that's life. Um, the Lakers – He was this, on the Celtics when Stevens was there? It was his last, last season, yeah. Last season. He was hurt. He was injured. And then he came back, with, and then that did, that wasn't the best situation for anyone involved. Stevens wasn't having any <laughs> shit. That's why. President Stevens, he was up there. He was saying, you know what? I'm going to get this team going, and I'm the guy in charge, not Rondo. And Rondo was right. the guy left over from the last regime, and he was the last ties to that 08 championship, still hanging on in the Boston. And Stevens wanted him out of there. Could you blame him? Well, he was. He was, he felt like he was that guy still, you know what I mean? And I think – I mean, I'll never really know what happened to the two of them, but it's Rondo being a basketball guy and stubborn-headed, and, and I mean, Rondo was stubborn and hard-headed. It, 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 that was a bad mixture. To start All right, but, let, but let's be honest about it. If you were going to start a team, even after that, when Stevens took over that team, were you looking around going, yeah, we can do this with Rondo as our one? I mean, not as our number one option, obviously. I mean, that that team at the time needed to be rebuilt. From the, I don't think you think Jalen Brown's. And how do you rebuild, Justin? Oh yeah, you got to start over. Listen, you got to bring listen. it down. You got to implode. Blow I totally it up. Agree. I totally agree with you. Enough about Rajon Rondo. Um, the Lakers won the title. This is the seventeenth or twelfth title, depending on who you ask. Twelfth. But, but do you think that that because this game, this season was played in a bubble, like you said before, there was no home court advantage. Duncan Robinson was able to shoot the lights out. Uh, in the gym, however the hell he wanted to, guy fucking caught fire every night. Do you think this deserves an asterisk, or do you think this is a uh, straight up, especially with the break in between? I don't think you can give him an asterisk because if you think about it, and if you think if the games were played right up, right from the start of everything, no pandemic. Giannis was hurt too. Yeah, Milwaukee wouldn't have had Giannis. There was no way that you know we could have looked at this and said, "In whatever Milwaukee flamed out in its own right," but. 
Milwaukee benefited from the time off, just like everyone else benefited from the time off. I understand they went down there and it was, you know, however you want to call it, bubble basketball, but they still had to win the games. And we got some pretty good basketball while down there, but everyone else had to perform the same way. So you can't take anything away from people who win a championship. Well, I agree. I mean, they still have to go out there and battle, what, three rounds of the playoffs, just like everything else. And it was basketball. I mean, if anything, everyone should have had the advantage of having, what was it, they had two months off in between or something like that? I think so. They could, March, they shut it down. Thanks, Rudy. Um, he was the catalyst <laughs> for all of that. But uh, come back late. I think they started, what, early September, but they were there in July. So, yeah, they, I mean, there they, for had, a while. they had some significant time off. But, you know, everybody played under the same conditions. It's no. No different for Contavious Caldwell Pope than it was for Chris Middleton. Make the shots. KCP, kid. Um, with that being said, I do want to say the NBA did a job, a hell of a job with the bubble. I mean, I don't think they had one positive uh, COVID test the whole time, did they, since they well, started the bubble? Once you let people in and you don't let anyone else in, right. how do you bring it in? That's true. Well, the answer is getting hot wings at a strip club, but I guess we all learned that lesson that way, right? Ooh, full <laughs> lemon That's pepper, Lou. Lemon pepper. Need the wings, baby. Yeah, we want to talk about flame out. Look at that team. Yeah, I mean that team's got a lot of work to do. They got rid of Doc, excuse me, Glenn Rivers, um, and Tyron Lou now is. Is that a personal thing? Like you oh, went you to his first no, name? No, 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 no. Oh. You hear about this? Okay, oh. all right. Oh, News oh. drop. Doc Rivers feels there's only one doctor in Philadelphia, and now that he's oh, the coach of 76ers, this is what we're doing. he will be referred to as his given name, Glenn Rivers. Oh, that's okay. not that's Mr. what he Rivers. that's what he's doing. That's what he's doing. Okay, oh. this ain't me. I ain't, well, I ain't then, Nathan. All right. I'm sorry again. Just like playoff Rondo, I guess we should all just change on the fly on our opinion of somebody. This is what his name <sighs> is. Doc. <laughs> no, his name's Glenn, actually. <laughs> actually, actually, his name's Glenn. Tell me the last game where he was introduced as the head coach of whoever as Glenn Rivers. I'm not even, I'll wait. I'm not even messing with you, I think, in Orlando. I'm not even messing with you. I'm not even How long ago was Orlando? Was that two franchises ago? That was his job before Boston. That was not long ago. It's two I franchises, mean, a championship, and a culture change, and an owner change in a different city. Doc Rivers, welcome to Philadelphia. I guess. Now now he's gonna he's gonna hate you and Bill Simmons now. That doesn't matter to me. He's probably <laughs> never gonna meet me. Um and so enough about basketball. I can talk about those coaches going on forever, but I got a feeling that next week there'll be a lot more movement. I started saying Tyron Lou is torn between the Clippers and the Rockets now. Uh, all of a sudden Jeff Van Gundy's a hot torn. commodity. He's I mean, he could torn. walk into that Clippers job and all of a sudden he's not taking it. So I mean He's the head assistant over there. He could just go be like, yep, okay, I want to take this job. And he's, well, he's not doing that. And then he looked at the <laughs> contracts of the two stars and was like, wait, you're only here for one more year for sure? <laughs> I guess. But, I mean, if your alternative is, is, is Russ and, and, and James, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what happens to those teams. It's going to be interesting to see if they have a Van Gundy, a Tyron Lue, an experienced coach take over those teams. Or if uh, maybe Kenny Atkinson, a guy who I personally like for the Pelicans, maybe gets a crack on one of these teams and shows what he can do. I don't know. Um, Kenny Atkinson got a raw deal. That's what I'm saying, man. And I think he'd be the perfect coach for the Pelicans. But something tells me they're going to want somebody more high profile than, you know, someone who can actually develop their young talent. Gee, isn't that a crazy idea? Alvin Gentry was there developing young talent. They kicked him to the curb. Let me ask you a question. How did that go? Well, I see that's the thing. (laughs) Well, what are you going to do? His star player was also not on the court. I repeat, he was not on the court. This is true. I mean, they expect results, though, especially – Especially losing Anthony Davis and and having the Lakers be the Lakers now, like and they have Zion and Brandon Ingram, who is okay. no slouch. You know okay. what I mean? Okay. All right. Stop for a second, though. What? The future of the 
New Orleans Pelicans is Zion Williamson. Oh, absolutely. He was not on the floor. I like Brandon Ingram. Loved him at Duke. Like him as an improved player. There's a reason he's in New Orleans and Anthony Davis is in L.A. Because it took a bunch of pieces to get the star out of New Orleans. Yeah. So what is he supposed to do? Listen, I agree. I, mean, I don't know about it's... you, but did you watch Lonzo Ball in the bubble? He couldn't wait to get out. Yeah, some guys just like, all right, why are we here exactly? And, I mean, I think we all know the Pelicans were inside the bubble in the first place just to try to get them into the playoffs. Yes, this is the whole format the NBA, NBA set move. up was to get Zion into the playoffs, and that backfired in a hurry. And, I mean, I just think that someone someone needs to go in there and actually develop those guys, not just expect them to make the playoffs. Like, you can't bring all these young guys in and be like, all right, let's go. We're going to go win a couple rounds now. It's like, no, or how about you Never gonna happen. maybe develop these guys? And, and that's a crazy, crazy notion. Um, all right, enough about basketball. Football was crazy this week. Um, I don't know where you want to start. Uh, Thomas, Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov, they're out of there in Atlanta. I think that's long overdue. Long overdue is by far the biggest understatement I think you're ever going to make on this podcast. The fact that this guy got in here for another year, COVID or not, is even more ridiculous. And I like Dimitrov. I think he's put together some real talent on that roster. The problem is, is he hired this coach, can't keep him around to hire the next coach. But when you watch the Atlanta Falcons collapse over and over again. After week. Over and over. And we're not talking just the regular season here. We're talking playoffs and a Super Bowl. There's a problem at the top. Yeah, to me the funny thing was before I found out Dan Quinn and Thomas Mitchell got fired, the day before I saw, oh, look, the Falcons hired Rich McKay, the former Tampa Bay GM. Gee, why would they be bringing in Rich McKay? Oh, and then the very next day he had that fired. I mean, look, it makes sense, especially this season. The way they blown leads game after game, the way that defense has played their crap, they've missed Julio Jones. This is the year. This is the year to go in for Trevor Lawrence, right? So, I mean – but can we can we talk about how there's nothing better in the whole situation than the defense being awful, it's but terrible. then elevating the defensive coordinator to the head coach? Well, I'll tell you, the interim right. head coach is Raheem Morris. It makes Do we need sense. the Tampa Bay film for this? It makes a little sense only because from from what I heard, and I actually don't know how it got settled uh, prior to the season, but it was a, a struggle between Dan, Dan Quinn was basically calling the defense, and he didn't want to give it up. So I think that's part of the reason why they fired Dan Quinn and brought up Raheem Morris is to say. Not to say they had the best defense talent in the world, but basically this guy sucked. <laughs> Everything he did sucked. At least here you go. And, I mean, that's the best guy they had probably, too, Listen, on their, on their it staff. Does, it doesn't matter who's calling the defensive plays. When you can't stop anybody in the secondary, when your players are constantly going down, it ain't going to make a difference. But to hire the guy to take over who's running the defense, play calling or not, that doesn't seem like it's going to get you any better out the gate. And that's what I don't think they're trying to get better. I think, honestly, Julio's been hurt all year. Not all year, but for half the season, it seems like. It's been three games. Three, And it's is week five, is it not? <laughs> that's half the season. And I think at this point, honestly, they should probably just, I hate to say it, they won't because they have Matt Ryan and Gurley and, and a couple of the veterans, but go in the tank. Go in the tank. It's hard to get professional athletes to want to lose. I uh, <laughs> know what the front office can think about that, but uh, – Go out there and tell those guys who are slaving away over on the field there that the that's the mentality you want. Hey guys, we're not we're not going to show up today. We're hoping to get Trevor down the line. Well, the defense is terrible, right? Maybe it's as as as, as forsaken as this may sound to Falcons fans. Maybe it's as simple as trading Julio Jones. 
I don't know if you can and do that. You know that. what I mean? And I don't know how you explain that era. to a fan base that is watching this team just collapse weekend. Hey, guys, I know we've been awful this year, but uh, you guys want to watch Julio play somewhere else? Great. Here but, we go. But I think that's how you explain it. Is you say this, I mean, as, as humbling as this will be, this group of characters, jokes, they can't get it done. They're not going to okay, get so it done. Okay, so what are you trading Julio Jones for? I mean, not that I have Julio trades lined up. I'm just saying, basically trade it. You said they wouldn't go in the tank and lose on purpose. All I'm saying is if you trade Julio, that makes them really not as good, and they could get something to start over into and bring them to the next era. The next coach, general manager, um, what's his name, the owner, Blank, said today, basically Matt Ryan's fate is in his hands. So, I mean, that's already kind of just throwing the coin up in the air. Whether Matt Ryan's fate is in his own hands or not, if he's not a Falcon next year, he'll get a job somewhere else. But let's be honest, we're talking about the defense. Trevor Lawrence isn't solving the defensive problems. He's just going to go back there and get slaughtered the way Joe Burrow is taking hits now. It's tiring watching these top prospects go to bad teams and just have terrible, terrible starts to their careers. I'm just going to say this as a Patriots fan, too. You know, maybe it's just a curse. They had that goal line stand. They they, they, they they stop it with Malcolm Butler. Dan Quinn was a defensive coordinator for that team. A couple years later, they play him in the Super Bowl. They choke it away. Maybe just, maybe the problem is Dan Quinn. <laughs> as much as I like him, maybe. I mean, maybe, maybe a go. lot of this does fall on Dan Quinn. You know, but I mean, you know at, the, at the same time, Dan Quinn didn't drop back and get sacked the way Matt Ryan did in that Super Bowl. That's not on Dan Quinn. That's on the quarterback to get rid of the ball. But let's not go down that road. I already don't like your team, so let's not continue to bring up the fortunes of your glorious team in all its ways. It's managed to win. Okay. Well, you know what? Well, I'll give you what you want then, but I don't think you're going to like it any much better. I'm probably not. Let's talk about your quarterback then. My Um. quarterback is currently (laughs) at home resting comfortably. Can uh, we call him af- my quarterback, af- though? After ankle surgery. Can correct. we call him my quarterback anymore? I mean, according to Jera, he's uh, just a, a quarterback in waiting. Listen, I love him. Afternoon. I want him there. But let's be honest. The guy's done for the season. He's only under contract for this season. Can I still call him my quarterback? I think because uh, because he loses the season due to injury, he's actually eligible for a franchise tag again. He was going to get a franchise season. tag no matter what. Yeah, so, I mean, I think that's it just it's, it's sad, honestly. Just as a sports fan. Knowing all the stuff Dak's gone through all summer with the contract, knowing all the stuff Dak's gone through personally all summer, it sucks to see a guy out there on the field. And like you were saying before, I mean, guys get emotional. Of course, guys get emotional on the field. I mean, he had so much on the line, and he he kind of was the, the consummate professional cowboy. He was the face of the organization. And to see a guy go down like that on national television, and, and they, honestly, he had the heartbreak in Romo's voice, too, as it happened. It was just... On the day Alex Smith came back, too, the from that, from that Romo's injury, voice it's crazy. Was, was not a matter of support. It was a matter of reliving his own traumatic experience of having <laughs> to deal with the same thing. The only difference here is Andy Dalton's not taking this job from him. I mean, you just laid out the fact that he's on a, on a franchise tag. I mean, Andy Dalton, he's no he's no spring chicken, but he's not an old guy either. He's from TCU, and I mean, at least if you think Andy Dalton at some point next year will be named the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys, you need to go get a drug test because that's never going to happen. I think I saw the quarterback who I saw choke away in like Kansas City come back and beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl because Carson Wentz got hurt. So to me, anything can happen. Wow. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I'm being honest with you, if Nick Foles can come back and win a Super Bowl, I think Andy Dalton can come back and lead a playoff team. I don't think that's crazy. I'm not here for playoff wins, <laughs> no, though. I'm, that's I'm, not what we're looking for. It's better than what for. you got. I'm, how is it better than what we got? He is what we got. They're currently not in the playoffs at all. I mean, right now you Actually, are. Actually, we are as I mean, we lead as, the division. Thank we, you very much. As we stand, as we stand uh, yeah, you are. But, I mean, what, by one game? 
Two and three? It doesn't matter. Right now, we're a division leader. That puts us into a playoff. And I think it gives us a home game. Again, it's week five. <laughs> Very week true, five. but I also want to um, point out one thing to you. Yes. We have yet to play any of the other shitty teams in our division. That's good for at least five and one. So don't look at me and tell me that we won't be there. Listen, I don't even think we should be there because I think it's just going to be a giant waste of our time. But what are you going to do? Away anyway, I guess I guess try, try again, right? Um, a couple of games I want to touch on real quick. The Raiders had a huge win this weekend, and uh, I don't think anybody would have had Oakland going, excuse me, Las Vegas. Oh, you did it. I, I was bound to do it, right? I was trying not to do it. Uh, Las Vegas Raiders going over Kansas City. But I, I actually want to put something out there that I don't think many people have thought of, and it's, it kind of makes a lot of sense. What did John Gruden do before he took his Raiders job? Sat in Monday night booth talking about grinders. And before that, what, was, what did he do? It's a great question. Wasn't he the coach of the Raiders? He was the head of the Fired Football Co- Coaches Association of America. Oh, oh, so this makes a difference? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why right now. John Gruden spent two, three years sitting in a room with just about half the quarterbacks in the NFL right now, talking to them about their strengths, talking to them about their weaknesses, Things they like, things they don't like, things they're successful about, things things that they're good at, things they're not. And now he's a head coach. Patrick Mahomes was one of those guys. David Carr was one of those guys. Okay, before we go any further, I just want to make sure I understand where this is going. Are you telling me that there's a chance the Raiders are going to win that division? No, that's not. That's, 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 okay, I just listen, want to make sure. Listen, listen. Because I'm telling the story. Sure. I never said anything about the Chief Dynasty. No, 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 because I just want to make sure because I think this story doesn't really – you know, hold up its water and its legs here because when you think about it, Gruden's been the coach now for what, three years? This is second. Whether it be it second, like it's second wh- whether it be second third. second or third year. I'm thinking it's his third year, but at the end of the day, his average margin of loss in Arrowhead to the Kansas City Chiefs has been by seventeen points. I'll give you one better. I don't even think it's Mahomes' fault, to be honest with you, if I'm being real. Because it's not. So, so uh, <laughs> first of all, Patrick Mahomes has lost nine football games. Do you realize that? Not until this moment, I did <laughs> Patrick not. Mahomes. And every time I watch him, I think it's unfair that the rest of us have to watch another team put this product on the field that we can't really contend with. In the nine losses Patrick Mahomes has in his career, the Kansas City Chiefs have scored 33.3, points per game. Sounds like the defense goes out there and says, we don't really have to do much, and so, I mean, uh, Patrick is going to bail us out of this. That's that's really what it is, to be honest with you. I mean, literally, they average 31.3 points per game in the nine games that Patrick Mahomes has lost, and that's, I mean, like I said, as much as I think Gruden has a secret sauce, I mean, I think he would whip that stuff out a couple of years ago. I, I do I do think that's part of it. I think it's an underrated part of the game that people forget. There's one coach in this league that half the quarterbacks have sat down and basically told them what I like and what I don't like to do on the football field. But in this case, I think Kansas City, I mean, it's a divisional game. They know them really well. These things happen during the season. Kansas City was not going to go undefeated. It's one loss. It's, it is one loss. Um, they could do it again. But I think the bigger story here is that the Raiders are actually pretty decent. They're not terrible. In the They're last couple years, they have been. good either. There's a banged-up secondary over there, too. And as we've stated from earlier as a Cowboys, I know what a weak secondary looks like. <laughs> You're not a fan of uh, the guys who go back there post, uh, post-Byron Jones ever? Of who, the Cowboys? <laughs> yeah. Shoot, come on. What do you want me to be a fan of? Who? I don't know. The guys that – two of our starting quarterback, one of them just came back off the IR. All right. We we had Brandon Carr start a football game for us. 
Do you realize that? I mean, that would have been cool five years ago. It was cool five years ago when he was <laughs> actually on the team. Yeah, it's. I mean, I'm, I'm not claiming to say that. The, the Cowboys have a bunch of problems, and uh, it didn't Justin, just start with Dak's ankle injury. Our safety said in a press conference he's not giving maximum effort on every play. What are you supposed to do with that? And that speaks volumes, folks. <laughs> um, to talk about not giving maximum effort this weekend, what the hell happened to the 49ers? What, what? Injuries. The hell? Injuries have finally caught up with that team. I think you can see know, it man. in every phase. Let's be honest. This is definitely a, a situation where they're lacking some talent, definitely along the defensive On line. On defense, yeah. They're lacking, you know, a lot of their wideouts and pass catchers weren't really there in the beginning. But I'm not going to make any, you know, excuses for them. they got to play the games the way everybody else has. I mean, this is a team that's undefeated at MetLife Stadium, though. They Who? are two and zero oh against the, 49ers? the yeah. Their only two wins are against the Giants and the Jets on those shitty turf games. All oh, oh, where they were complaining about the turf. Listen, that stuff happens. It's unfortunate. It ain't the ground's fault. I mean, if you got shitty turf, it's somebody's fault. That's for sure. It's somebody's it's damn brand fault. Brand new. It was inspected by the NFL and the NFLPA. The turf is fine. Either way, it cost them about five to six starters. Um, like you mentioned, the defensive line is ravaged. Who knows what the hell's going on with Richard Sherman? Uh, yeah, how about that? He just had a setback. I didn't even know it was that serious. Uh, yeah, apparently it is. My biggest thing is the offense, though. If anything, they got Debo Samuel back, right? Yeah, they lost a couple backs, but they have plenty of running back depth, Let's, and they, they uh, lost Kittle the Debo for Debo Samuel uh, love here. Uh, Why? What what has Debo Samuel done to make you think he's going to be this explosive weapon? They have Kittle. My, my, That's about it. My, my only point is the offense really doesn't have any excuses as to why they're not performing right now. Sands a couple running backs, and they had to. They, I'm, I'm, this is what concerns me. They benched Jimmy Garoppolo for his own safety, for his own health, so he didn't get hurt. Yeah, Whatever that, that happens, that, that, that's, that's... No, I think there's some context to that. I think if you listen to the reasons why, and a couple of the medical people, when they talk about it, they say because of the ankle sprain, you tend to sail your passes. And boy, was he sailing them out to those Dolphins. Two picks. I'm telling you. And part of the background noise, if it sounds like a, a techno pie just went off in the background, there's a kid's dance studio next door, which apparently is much louder than I would have anticipated before I started recording this podcast. Um, a couple of the games I just want to touch on real quick. Did you see any of the Seattle late night game? Listen, what the hell happened? Because I didn't I watch it. All right, I, I, I turned I, it on. It was like twenty-two. I to did nothing, watch it, and then they, that team lost. I watched it. I was actually I had a lovely dinner. It was on at the dinner. <laughs> nice steak dinner. Yeah, it was. It was, too, it was good. It was good. And I left. You know, I think it was just under the two-minute warning. Minnesota had the ball. It looked like they were just about to kick a field goal, make it an eight-point game, and then force this guy to drive the field. By the time I got home, the Seahawks were on the 30-yard <laughs> line of the Vikings, and they were only down by five, and I didn't understand what had happened until I had heard that he tried to go for it on fourth and about an inch, That's what and I they mean, didn't yeah. get there. Yeah, I don't agree with the call. I agree with it when Gruden did it against Mahomes. I never right. want to see Patrick Mahomes coming for my head at the end of a game. But in, when you're a chance to go up eight, you can't lose the football game that way. Especially their running back was out at that time, right? Cook was out of the yeah, game. Yeah, but Madison injury. was still running all over them. It wasn't uh, it wasn't an issue of not having the talent. I just think you got to go up by eight. You force the Seahawks to go the length of the field. You force them to not only score a touchdown and make a two-point conversion. So essentially you're making them score twice here. Right. Right. No, it's it didn't make any sense to me. Like I said, I, I, I turned the game on. I saw 
the Vikings were beating them down. I watched them Walking Dead, and I came back, and I was just like, the game was over, and I was like, what happened? I, I exactly? will I will agree with you on that one because it looked like Minnesota was about yeah. to run away with this thing, and I feel like I took a you know maybe just a bite of a chicken wing, and I looked up, <laughs> and the Seahawks had twenty one points all of a sudden. So I don't know. It's not like that Minnesota defense is anything to be happy about or anything that fans can really rely on. I think Daniel Hunter's not even going to make it into the season at this point. What's his deal? He's hurt, right? They, they, they got him and Ngakwe, who I thought were going to be decent. Yeah, but Hunter nothing. hasn't seen the field all year. I don't even. I think reports have him saying he might miss the season. He might want a second opinion. But that secondary is letting do, it have do. letting everybody have their way. And Harrison Smith has been hurt too. I think he missed the last game, didn't he? I think maybe he, he could have been. Maybe, I'm not sure. Right. I thought maybe I'm completely off. Um, but yeah, that's that's Seattle, man. Seattle's on fire. Russell Westbrook, uh, excuse me, Russell Westbrook. Wow, Mr. Unlimited. Russell Wilson. People seem to forget last year, Russell Wilson was in the MVP conversation. The only thing that happened, the only difference is Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes went kind of out of their mind. So this isn't like a surprise or out of nowhere. Yeah, Russell Wilson's always been good, but can we stop it with the Russell Wilson hasn't received one MVP vote? Yeah, it's, that's what I mean. It's like people, I think they have a short memory. It's easy to say it's a flashy headline, but I think at the end of the day, people people know Russell Wilson's good. Russell Wilson's been good. I mean, ever since he made it to that Super Bowl, they beat Peyton Manning and the Broncos in the Super Bowl. I mean, he's... He did throw that interception on the goal line, though. He, he, he was the man responsible for maybe the biggest... Arguably the biggest choke job in the history of uh, the no, Super Bowl. No, that was Dan Quinn. From, we touched uh, on that earlier. <laughs> exactly. Aside from the aforementioned Falcons here. Uh, any other games you want to touch on that were good? I, I saw the actually the Browns. The Browns won four straight games, and the Steelers are four and zero. Didn't see it. I'm assuming it was the Philip Rivers effect. It's the tax you pay <laughs> for having Philip Rivers on your team. Really I saw you had no touchdowns and a. I think maybe two picks. Maybe you couple, had at least couple one. Picks in there. It's the <laughs> Philip Rivers tax. You sometimes it just you gotta pay it. Collections are due. Yeah, they're three and two. And honestly, I watched them, and I, and I was always a Ben and Philip Rubis fan. But it makes me think: wouldn't they be better off with a healthy Jacoby Brissett? I mean, they, they no. Were the answer is no. We saw that last so? year, and they were pretty good last year, right? Until until what? Until he choked it away. I guess I think Philip might choke it away, but he's gonna get you for every you know I don't know three wins. He might throw you one loss. Philip's a better quarterback. They made the right decision, but. It, Listen, this is what you pay when you sign up for Phillip Rivers. Ask a Chargers fan, if you could find one. Right. The real question with the Colts is, where is T.Y. Hilton? Has anybody seen the wide receiver? His grandmother's looking for him, too. T.Y. Hilton, number 13, goes by T.Y. Who knows what happened to that guy? Um, I mentioned the Browns because the Browns started off. They lost their first game. They won four straight. They're 4-1. Everyone expected the world them last year. They crapped the bed. Now this year with a new coach. You think they turned it around, or or should I say, do you think they're actually a rival for that division with Pittsburgh being four and zero? No, the Ravens in there, it, it, it could get interesting. It's going to no, start I mean. this week. We're going to start seeing what they're actually made of. Because guess what? Like you said, Pittsburgh, Baltimore, still the class of that division, and they got to get through them in order to go anywhere. And do you really see them going through both of those teams, and even maybe one of those teams? No, I mean the truth Thank is you. no, especially not with the new wide receiver god monster Chase Claypool. Lining up across. Well, I mean, there. it's one game, but, you know, he looks great. Let's talk about that. I mean, the Steelers, they just find wide receivers in a phone booth. They it's, don't care where they get them from. It really is a wide receiver factory, and it's it's kind of more amazing to me that we don't see more people trade or try to acquire guys the Steelers have. I mean, the last big Steelers free <laughs> Why agent, would the Steelers move them? Well, because, I mean, look at them. They're four deep right now, to be honest with you. I mean, from Mike Wallace to to, to turn it over to Antonio Brown to, like, the, these guys just from, from Heinz Ward, these guys just keep on turning these guys out. 
over and over again. Churning them out. Churning them out. It's kind of crazy. I mean, Juju Smith-Schuster, he might even be the best wide receiver on that team by the time the season's over, and they still have Deontay Johnson and James Washington. So that's my point. It's, I mean, there are some teams who need some wide receiver help, and these guys seem to have it Well, Deontay plenty. Johnson left that game hurt. So, I mean, it's great when you have depth, but it's amazing the depth they're able to churn out. And then you got teams that can't even find a wide receiver. Well, that's my point. I mean, you would think they'd be uh, in high demand, but – but I guess not. Um, week three, going for the week three games. I mean, I haven't even really looked at them. I'm looking at my blue card real quick. It's going to be week uh, week six three. There. What the hell am I talking about? It's it's late. It's almost eight o'clock. It's been a long day. Um, there's nothing really that's freaking great, man. I mean, that stands out that I'm like, I need to have this game. I need to take this. I usually try to find three games that are guaranteed. But I mean, are you talking about just to watch, or are you talking about are you going to put some shekels down I'm, on I'm it? What about, are we talking about? I'm talking about uh, putting some friendly. Uh, maybe De Niro on a couple of these fine young teams that I can guarantee. And every week my new thing is to try to find three. And last week, last week it was damn near impossible to find three locks. But I'll tell you what, just by looking at this right now, I think I'm going to take uh, Green Bay with the one point. Maybe. Of course you're going to take Green Bay because Tampa Bay is not what we think it is. Yeah, and I also, I mean, I don't know what to do about this Denver-New England game. I usually, I hate taking Patriot games. I, I love the Patriots. I hate betting the Patriots. Let me ask you a question. Who are the quarterbacks on each of these teams right now? I can answer. I can answer. Uh, Jared Stidham. Will, he's starting? I think he's going to start for the Patriots. This is interesting. Uh, that's. I mean, last time I heard Cam Newton hasn't been cleared to play, so I mean, I'm going with Jared Stidham, and then I heard Drew Locke is actually making his way back uh, for Denver, and that extra week off actually might help his chances of starting this football game, so... So it could be interesting. Denver could actually have their starting quarterback back. It might be close to full health with Philip Lindsay also returning. Who hasn't played since since the week one going off because I know because he's on my fantasy team. He's my RB2. And I haven't seen him all year yet. Um but So we're talking no ripping? I <laughs> I think the legacy of Mark Rippin uh and his Brett offspring Rippin, and his, and his oh, I know and his relatives is uh, a short lived one for the twenty twenty season. Um I think I'm gonna take Baltimore on this given seven to Philadelphia, Green Bay getting the one. And I mean, I guess, I guess you just gotta take Minnesota, right? They're playing Atlanta, <laughs> right? It's I four. think you're asking for a world of hurt if you think you know which one of those teams is gonna show up and win a football game. What do you mean between Minnesota and Atlanta? Yeah, good luck. I think I'm cruising for a bruising. I think you're cruising down a highway that just leads to a bad beat any way you slice it. Doesn't matter which side you're on. Even if you end up on the right side, it's gonna be the wrong side for. The way it goes down. Would you rather give Joe Burrow nine against your boy Philly Riv? No, I actually would rather bet everything, at, no matter what, that the Dolphins are going to crush the Jets. I know it's not on the paper in front of us. And that's the problem. But let me tell you something <laughs> right now. Bet against the Jets, okay? <laughs> like, this this is a tragic story <laughs> of what could be a football. I mean, this is not a professional team at this point. Adam Gaze has no control over these guys. They're cutting linebackers like they actually don't need talent. It's incredible. It, it actually is amazing. I mean, they gave Le'Veon that Bell that contract. Excuse me, they gave Le'Veon Bell that contract, and you would think they would tailor make an offense to him. They would take this this player who's all pro, and they would make something happen. And they had a high prospect, a uh, high pick in Sam Donald at quarterback. You'd think that, right? Except for the <laughs> fact that when they signed him, the coach was like, "I don't agree with this. Oh, I don't really like him." Actually, <laughs> it's like this is doomed from the start. And honestly, they talk about moving Le'Veon now, and I think. 
at this point. That's tri- a win for Le'Veon. I mean, they don't have, and that's that's the other sad part. They don't have anybody like behind him. They've been given snaps to or Get trying to develop. The they hell have, out of here. I, He'll go anywhere. I don't blame him at this point. Sadly, at this point in the season, I don't know if there'd be one destination that makes him a clear-cut focused running back, but I mean... I think you're right. I think after the last year he had in Pittsburgh and the two years he spent here in New York, I think he's ready to get the hell out. So, I mean, give me a third team then. I mean, we're taking Green Bay with the one. I'm giving seven to, to Philadelphia. Over being critical of everything I think. I like the nine. I'm not trying to be critical. I just think, you no, know, no. when you look at these things, you know, Chicago's not a bad football team. Let's just put that out there. I mean, everybody wants to, you know, bury the Bears before it even happens. Everyone keeps saying they're not a good football team. But at the end of the day – they keep winning football games. But again, they took Cam- down your precious Tom. Hey, look, Tom had to come. What was it last Thursday night? That Thursday was- night football. Look, they're, they're without Godwin. Scotty Miller had nothing going on. Zero catches. Leonard Fournette played, but he didn't play. No, he didn't play. He I was mean, just he was, active. He was active. That's what I'm saying. I mean, he was active, but he didn't play. That game was just a big mess. Keyshawn Vaughn had a big fumble for them. I thought he was going to step up big, and he practically did nothing. I mean, Thursday night games are tough. You know what I mean? And that's honestly, that's exactly why. You would think you'd pick them on the on the refocus, but Green Bay's also had a week off. Your boy Tanyan's been on fire over there, and Tanyan. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so you like Chicago? I, I mean, the fact that they're playing Teddy Bridgewater. Teddy Bridgewater has been having the last two games. He's actually played pretty damn well. That gives me some pause, but uh, but I guess Chicago's a pretty good bet. But if you really want, if you want a real lock, and you really want to, you know, think about a third team that's, that's definitely going to show for. up. And you're definitely not going to have to probably worry about it. It's going to get divisional. It's going to look a little distant. But these Rams are going to run through these 49ers. You know, that's also a good call. That's also a very good call. This 49ers team is not good. Uh, how can I even say Have you watched Aaron Donald play this season? I mean, he's a killer, man. He's, yeah, he's assaulting people out there legally. No, literally assaulting someone. <laughs> I mean, you guys thought it was a great story this week. Alex Smith came back. He pounced on him. He on jumped play. on that man's back. I was like, yo, that's going to that's gonna re-break a leg, dude. Like, that's 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 a little much, but you're right. That's and then call. sacked him three more times. So, we're giving three. The Rams are giving three to San Francisco. I'm taking Green Bay with the one. And then it's a, it's a mortgage payment right there, the Rams. That's it. That, put it all on the Rams this week. That's all of it. I, I, honestly, I don't know if it's home or away. Um, it doesn't really matter. To be Either way, it's you. in California. They don't care. Exactly. Um, just real quick, fantasy. Is anybody fans you think anybody should pick up this week? There's a lot of injuries every week, but freaking, there's nobody that really stands out to me in my mind. To be honest with you, there's a bye week. Um, so I mean, people can be looking for people, but I mean, give me give me one guy this week I want you to run and go get if you have injuries on your team. I'm gonna be honest with you. What? I am a you collective don't, you don't want to tell me. one <laughs> and five. Oh, no. I have two fantasy teams. I am a collective one and nine right now. And uh, I don't know if my advice is going to get you many places right now. I mean, I, I'm not. It's, it's not a. Year. It's It's been a very tough it's, year. Yeah, a lot it's, of it's unluckiness. A, year, a lot of unluckiness this year. But, I mean, it depends on the size of your league. It depends on who you need and what you got. But you know what? I know I started off saying it wasn't going to be the answer, but you got to like Andy Dalton. Yeah, you got to come back to the back rifle. The weapons around. are still there. The weapons are still there. Yeah, honestly, I was hoping you'd say that. I was going to pull that out of you one way or the other. Um, Andy and I, I think kind of another obvious one is Mike Williams. If Mike Williams is the wide receiver from the Chargers, if he's not owning your league, Keenan Allen went out of that game. He didn't return. And uh, Mike Williams had a big game this week. So I think with the performance he had in the first week, uh, with Tyrod Taylor and with Keenan Allen being out, I think Mike Williams is the guy. Who hopefully Mr. Inconsistent, you you. though. He's very inconsistent. He but is. He, but a 50-50 ball is always coming up for him. 
And you know what? At the end of the day, how many guys can say that about guaranteed every week? I don't know. You kind of man-child a couple of guys going up with some balls, especially in double coverage in that game. So, uh, yeah, Mike Williams. I mean, if you need to, you can start him. But uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't roll it out there too fast. I mean, Keenan. If Keenan Allen does not play, they're on a bye. I'm in such trouble next week in fantasy. Oh boy, I'm just putting that all together. Um, that's basically it for last week's games. For this week's fantasy advice. For three teams you should pick and go put all your money on, we're taking, like I said, I'm taking Green Bay, run with the Rams, and Baltimore this week. That's about it. Anything else you want to touch on? No, it's been a miserable football week for me. I mean, my quarterback's down. My fantasy teams are in the dumps. I mean, what else do you want to do? You want it, to pile on to that? It's a tough How score. do I come back from this? What's the score? You got the score of the current game going on right now? The score of what? The current game? It's, These Bills and Titans? It's been a crazy year. I can't believe um, they let the Titans on the field. They're actually playing this game. Well, they had no no new tests, and they've secluded the other seven positive players. That's right. The Titans have seven players positive. Uh, well, I should say people in the in the Titans organization. There are seven of them. We got a fourteen ten current score here, with eight thirty five left in the second quarter. Who's up, Buffalo? The Titans. Really? Yeah. Mm. I guess once they get out there, they can actually perform. Any Derek, Derek Henry action? Uh, Derek Henry currently has a one-yard touchdown run. I, mean, I, really, I don't think he's going to get really, 30 points out of this, I though. Mean, I really try this year in fantasy, and I try to be proactive with the Michael Thomas injury and the A.J. Brown injury and the Philip Lindsay injury, and I just – James Robinson's on someone's team. I don't know. No one wants to hear my fantasy woes. Everyone's having fantasy woes. Everyone's having a tough fantasy year. But it's fun. At least we have sports. I mean, every single sport so far. This is actually a rare occasion. A couple weeks ago, we had all four sports going, and uh, that's never happened before in my life. So I guess I just be appreciative that we have this, right? Yeah, I guess we uh, took it for granted. <laughs> Something so simple as being able to uh, just turn on the TV and watch a collection of sports. But by the way, let's talk about something for a second. What about all this money I pay my cable provider that I didn't get sports for? Or, Where's or, my kickback? Or TV shows, period. Like, no new TV shows? No I don't care about those TVs. Me. Half of these sports packages cost more money, and guess who wasn't playing? Did they give anybody kickbacks for that? I don't know. They might have. I, well, I haven't seen it in my end, but <laughs> well, let's they they better do something for me. This is, this is what I would say. I'd say wait to see what they do for next year, because they're probably going to be rolling out a whole bunch of free tickets or something, because... Or or people are gonna be really pissed off and never season use that ticket holders again. got their money back. How about you league pass yeah. owners? You get your money back. It makes sense. Well, well, here's we'll say a prayer for all the the league pass and uh, the red zone direct TV people. I guess they got it made one way or the other. Well, football um, wasn't off really. It's true. I mean, the the crazy part to me is that in the next what two months we're gonna have the NBA draft and start the season all over again. Allegedly, allegedly. Yeah, they allegedly, say that, allegedly, but that's probably allegedly. not gonna happen. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. Hey, the draft's coming up. So yeah, we'll have a we'll draft. See. I mean, the NFL did a draft. That's not going to be the hard part. NFL didn't push that draft back four months, though, either. NFL didn't push their season back four months. And this is true. And this is true. Well, I guess that's a great place to stop it for the first episode, the first week. We're going to go watch the rest of this Tuesday night football game. A rare Tuesday occasion. night delight. Exactly. But sadly, I don't think it'll be the last one of the season. Uh, thanks for joining me, man. I really appreciate it. This was fun. Oh, I loved being here. We should do this more often. Uh, hopefully, if it does happen again next week, I'm not as sad. You, I, think about this. I'm sad, and they won the football game. It's true. That's 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 the common thing with the Cowboys. I fans. can't even remember that when I think about it. And one day you realize what I've been telling you for a while: there is no true joy in cheering for that team. And we'll leave that at that, folks. We'll see you all next week. <laughs>